It's June 4th, and I'm attending a show at the venue in Moorhead, Kentucky, and there is definitely something in the air here tonight. A tangible energy among not only the artists, but the supporters and the fans, too. The venue is located just off Main Street on Wilson Avenue. Its appeal is not only aesthetic, and it is beautiful with its polished warehouse district feel. The stage is visible from the front door, and the entry wall boasts the immeasurable talent that has graced it. Uh, my name's Damon Ballinger. Uh, I own it uh, with my girlfriend, Hannah Hansford. She's one running around like crazy right now. It's a clean, well-lighted place, and much like the characters in the short story of the same name, the people here have all come to share their human experience, but through the expression of song. Basically, the uh, building was built in 1937. It's uh, was the original, the first air conditioned, commercial air-conditioned building in Moorhead, Kentucky, uh, which is pretty neat. Uh, we got a little tribute in here to the guy that actually built the building, E.E. E. Magger. Uh, when we redesigned it, we've added 36 sound panels, um, Put an updated sound system in, fully blown insulation, so it's all about the great music. It's evident as the artists arrive, hugging and slapping bags as they greet one another with broad smiles that they are excited. As it happens, all four of these artists playing tonight just spent a week together at the Bones Tavern Festival at Warsaw, Kentucky, and it's apparent that they've bonded, but the extent of their connection won't be fully experienced in essence until they all take the stage to perform together tonight. But every musician up there at the same time, they'll go back and forth singing songs. Most of them's going to be originals, probably all be originals. Uh, they'll tell stories, they'll tell jokes, how they came up with the song. Um, so it's basically a glorified jam session. James Reed kicks off tonight with The Queen of My Blues, a foot-tapping New Age love ballad that sets the momentum for our evening. Roger, Sexton, and Kane are all following suit, Sexton and Kane both playing songs that they had previously never played before an audience. Lance Rogers is wearing a Tony Long shirt, and all the guys up here are mouthing the words to all but the brand new songs of their fellow singers. These guys, they feel it. It's said that your vibe attracts your tribe, and in this room, tonight... You could definitely feel that vibe. Although the venue here actually does have a really impressive bar selection, it's clear that the focus is music. They close the patio at 8 p.m., enticing the other patrons to come in and sit with the musicians inside. And they divulge the secret to a perfect show here. So it's about making the artist comfortable. Everyone here wants to make sure that the artists get the royal treatment. They feel open and appreciated and more likely to share that way. These artists are doing more than performing. They're creating, and not just music. They're creating an environment. Listen to their lyrics, and you'll understand that these people are deeply connected through shared personal experience far beyond their common desire to make music. Themes of love, both lost and found, surviving poverty, unsupported dreams and personal vices, and the need to belong somewhere. It all resonates, not just between the artists, but with their audience as well. Among the artists, there are inspiring creative relationships. All these people seem to haven't experienced the time in their lives when they felt like they were crazy for chasing their dreams. And now, it's clear that they have one another to share that vision with. And don't get me wrong, these people all have fans and family and friends who love and support them, but as anyone who's serious about catching that creative dragon will tell you, it's a different level of awareness among fellow creatives. Pablo Picasso once said that the meaning of life is to find your gift, and the purpose of life is to give it. If that's true, then it can certainly be said that the artists in the East Kentucky music scene are cultivating their generosity and mass abundance. Daniel Kane just started playing shows in October. I saw a post where... James, Lance, and, and Clark were going to be doing tonight as a pop-up because something happened with the original artist, which is already awesome. I mean, these three guys are like, I'm just like, I can't believe they're all on the same stage at the same time. So I literally just commented on the homies post and said, awesome sauce. <laughs> and then all three of those within an hour said, they added Damon, the owner, and said, get this man on the raw. It's kind of like a cool rinse off the festival. He messages me and says, hey guys, these guys want you. Do you want to play? And I said, absolutely. And that's how I got here. And, that's great, man. The camaraderie is awesome. And I I love to see you guys singing each other's songs. Like, everybody was lip-syncing everybody's song. It's yep. so supportive. And you're right, your vibe does attract your tribe. All four of these guys literally 
we've all had a conversation in the past five hours that said like it's kind of cool that all four of us are here on stage right now because like we all have a good feeling of where all of us are going to go those guys are so inspiring simply through their lyrics and, and what they're trying to say and convey as artists but also those guys are the some of the best humans that i know as brothers and as friends so that start it starts there first and, and for them to be as close to me as friends and as, as good a humans as they are it feels so good to be able to get up on stage and contribute to the art the way that we do together so listening to them i'm a fan as well not just another participator of course i really think that uh places like this it's an intimacy that you can't find in a lot of places that you're playing and to be able to to, to like you said debut new songs or even just try out new lyrics that you haven't put in the public before it's it's a safe haven feeling and it's somewhat of a sanctuary here and to be able to put new music out that no one's heard and then have a response back of people that genuinely are interested in what you're trying to say it's the best feeling in the world I feel like is the mission behind your music Clark because you have some really some intimate like human experience in your lyrics I think the main thing I'm trying to do is just connect to someone and to let them know that they're not alone and whatever they're feeling I think that we all go through things and I think the best thing to do is uh, to not feel alone or isolated in that so if I can reach anyone and stir their emotions and get them thinking and get them feeling things that they haven't felt before then I'm doing my job it's an awesome message man and thank you so much for talking with us it was a killer show tonight I appreciate it and this is Clark Sexton y'all give him a like and follow and check them out on Facebook. Support your local artists. Thank you. Thank you so much. Lance Rogers and James Reed are an example of the bond that developed between those who share a vision. Their brother-like bond and co-writing experience took them west in May for their first tour, and their second one, Exactly What It Looks Like Tour, is quickly approaching. Reed and Rogers recently sold a song they wrote together, and I got the chance to talk with them about their process of co-writing and the importance of creative relationships. 38. 38. Happy 38. Happy 38. Thank you, guys. Awesome. That's right. Okay. Uh, Let's see. So... I did some research on collaborating last night because you two make me super curious about the process. I want to know how your brains work together. So our first question I want to ask, um, I saw something that said the best collaborations are when you feel like you've produced something together that is better than either of you might have done on your own. True or false? True. True, but it's very special. It's very rare, too. I've heard John Prine talk about that, where he was like, you know, usually don't, you can't do that. He, he keeps it to himself, you yeah. know, because you can't find another uh, spirit that, that can whatever feel whatever you're feeling. He, he, but I heard John Prine talk about there's a couple of songwriters that he writes with that just feels like it, that could, that song could have come from one person. So, yeah, that's that's a special thing. I think we did that with that last song we wrote. Like, you know, just like, yeah. it just goes hand in hand with... I think that where I'll put, I'll put an idea out there, and uh, sometimes I don't know where it's going, but I feel like I feel like it's 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 dropped down to me from someplace. It's given, and it's given. Yeah. And, uh, I may have I may have like one line, and I'm not, I don't know where it's going, but like somebody else can like pick up. They they feel that, but so they pick up where I like left off, and then once they pick up. Then I'm like, everything clicks. Everything starts to click. And uh, we'll, we'll finish the song out. Well, they say a true friend is one soul dwelling in two bodies. So I guess that works musically too. Right. So do you guys, when you work together, do you come to the table with stuff in mind? Or do you like to start fresh together? No, well, funny, we write a lot of songs, but we don't. Neither one of us are like uh, songwriters where we write to, in, in person together, really, are we? Or the, we through we the pandemic it. and stuff, you know? Like, not just us, but like, like think about it. Like, all the songs you wrote, it's probably like messages. And that's that's very uh, that's way more common than it used to be. But I think there's something there's something special about writing a song with 
flesh to flesh, you know. Yeah, but it's the way my vulnerability is. Like I'm not, I'm not comfortable with that just yet. So like I'm, I, I feel more comfortable doing it through Messenger, you know. Cause like I, I go, to, I go, I go within and like get crazy with it. But the last time we wrote that we got, a, we picked up a contract in Nashville. Like you know, I woke, he woke up early that morning. and was writing because er, something about early morning inspiration, you know. And then I was feeling it that day, and it just, it just kind of happened. But, but yeah, as far as like just setting down and like doing it, like art, art don't work that way, you know. It's just all right. over the place. It comes, it comes right. when it comes. And right. True. And how do you decide who will sing a song? If you share one together, how do you determine like who best to put it on the album? Or? Usually who, who originally had the idea. Like he had the idea for Call Me Jack. Okay. And he sings it more, you know. Yeah. If, if, I think if I thought that song up and then he come he come with the, the second part of it, I think I'll probably, you know. Okay. just usually I think usually who has the initial idea of the song probably. So what elements does a song have to have for you guys to consider it to be solid or done? What do you think goes, like, are there any particular building blocks for the two of you or individually or together? Something that, to be done. Yeah, when, when you look at it and you're like, okay, this one's finished, I think. I, I think don't I'm know. Done with it. I honestly don't know that you can ever say that a song's completely done. Um, there's always somebody that could add something to it, but I don't know, like, I, I think you have to complete the idea. You have to complete the idea. Like, okay, what what is the overall meaning of the song? If it, if it gets the meaning across, boom, it's done. But there's always something that somebody can add to it or take away from it. But it's, it, it's just your your interpretation of that, that feeling at the time. Floral language is something that Jason Isabel talks about, and I think that's a beautiful way to put it. It's um, it's like, uh, I don't know, the... the the frill and the trim. So how do you how do you decide what's the floral like, language and what needs to stay? Like, like cutting the fat off and stuff. Right. Like he says, he won't use a cliche unless he can use it in a brand new way. Is there any kind of rule of thumb that you guys? I think that comes with this over the years of songwriting. Like you just learn your niche and. I remember like four or five years ago, I've been writing songs for years, but I remember like four or five years ago, I would, I would write a song and I would remember I would settle. Something in, my, in the back of my mind would, would tell me that it's not like, you know, and I would just ignore it and just keep going, like half ass sentences and you're like, you know, are you going to first first on the chorus and you're, you know, but over time when you really go within and you really go, you know, look look for, uh, for answers as a songwriter, I think that you, you just get good, you know, you get good at, like, cutting the fat off and finding that little, you know, the more you do it, the more, you know, so it just, it just takes, takes you going within to whatever your art is and, and, and what, I, uh, get, what I feel is, like, what I, what I always look for is a way to say something that somebody hasn't said before and it's very difficult to find like you you know it's, it's in the it's in the everyday it's in the everyday things like you um, everyday conversations you'll you'll find something that like that should not be in a song but you can find a way to put it in a song right Th- those are the moments that I love that Fuck I love yeah. Yo, what did you say earlier the, the carnival ride the oh, the the the, the, the gravitron. gravitron. You yeah. Yeah. You're the first person to actually ask me yeah. about that. <laughs> that's killer. See, that's yeah. exactly I always hated that. Like, but it's like going, you know, so fast. And like, I thought, that's <laughs> yes. the way I feel like my yeah. life's going. I, you know? I felt like um, I was right there in the in the middle with the one word. The gravitron. Right gravitron. The See, yeah. you, you, that's yeah. why he's a songwriter. <laughs> but, yeah. The, our radars were always up for that. For sure. Shit. And like you, you know? said, like there's that there, there's a certain something that it, it's cliche or, or like corny. And then, or it could be like just one word switched, and it's like profound. And it's like, it's like yeah. it just speaks to everybody. Like there's a fine yeah. line between you. You want to keep it simple, like you know, like they say, art is is like to say the most profound things in the simplest form. That's that's what art is. Yeah. And sometimes that's that's hard. Like there's because I think so many people try to do it, and it comes off cliche and like corny. Yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah. 
But then you, you just can't all sling but, paint yeah. at a canvas and be Jackson Pollock. Exactly. Like, <laughs> but 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 the yeah. thing is, it ain't like. But the the funny thing about that is, it's not like they have to like like recreate their whole thing and like use complex ten dollar words. Or like, no, like just little just little things that like that it makes it okay. Like you could you just you just move the words around and that's that's the weird thing about songwriting, you know. So what are, what are your all's literary influences? You have to take in to put out. So what do you what do you like to read before you start writing? Here lately, like the last several years, I've I've gotten really inspired by, like with the poet Charles Bukowski. When I when I found when I found Charles Bukowski, like and hearing him talk about all of the greats before him, and he said they're all shit. <laughs> he was just like they bore me to death. He said they worked their way up. They, they're leisurely to their they worked their way up to that big moment, and by the time you get there, it's it's gone. You know what I'm saying? And he just every, he said every every line has to have that luscious little whatever that is. It don't have to be like some crazy word. Just to have that luscious little juice in the, each line <laughs> that keeps you hanging on each time. That's awesome. And when I heard him talking about that, I, and I was like, and he was talking about how like most poets are sissies, and he feels like, you know, like it's, it, it feels that way. Like you know, it's like intellectual type. Like, and he's like, no, he's like, we, we can all, anybody can be. A, he's like, anybody can be whatever. You know, that's true. Step yeah. up like us. Like we're you know. We, you know, right. we're we're average guys. We heat in the air, and you know, <laughs> but we have this poetic soul within us that like we 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 have to create some words, and so we're just living our truth. But yeah, uh, Charles Bukowski, uh, Towns Van Zandt, uh, Ernest Hemingway. Um, You've written a song, the yard sale song. Did you ever put music to that? It sounded a lot like a Tennessee Williams story to me about the lady at the yard sale. You posted it on Instagram. Oh, that's your new one, eh? Yeah, <laughs> I'm really into the song. I'm looking forward to hearing put, it. <laughs> I have not put uh, a melody to it. Yet. You're right. It was I just, love that was just it. words. I love that. Oh, like words. Yeah. So. Well, just got my front porch, man. When the, like, my neighbors are like putting on the yard sale. I was like, there's always the yard sale lady, and uh, yeah, yeah. Just the time. But I love, you know, I love the, I love the character song. I love yeah. the, you know, the people, man. Like, I feel the people are who who's listening to it. They want to hear something that's like yeah. about them. We all know that one person in the community that's the yard sale lady or you know or whatever yeah, like, like let's respect Jesus he's cool he's, he's around so <laughs> <Right>. like, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> as far as like literally literary influences on me who is it you know I cannot say which one person influenced me the most because what about it's the songwriters a, probably Chris Knight Chris Knight yeah you know uh, Jason Isbell Robert O'Kane, those guys, man. Like as far as books go, it's just it's a. I'll pick up things from here and there, and I'll, I'll remember it. I cannot tell you like one person that stands out the most. Um, it's just uh But what I do, what 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 does ring true is when you read when you read a passage, you know, like this dude is like they feel it. Right. And. Um, James, that's one thing I appreciate about your music, man. It's like when you you write something, you feel it, and there's nothing you put in words that you you're not going to that you wouldn't put in a book either. You know right. what I mean? Like, um, there's no like just filler filler lines. No, that's I, I, I torture myself for that yeah. stuff for sure. Mark Twain I said that man couldn't write the truth even if he knew no one would read it. Do right. you feel like this is true? Because you said you felt vulnerable sometimes in the writing process, like. Do you ever feel that way when you're on stage? Because it was like Clark did a new song tonight, and I thought that was so impressive that like he felt so comfortable in the setting to be able to present that yeah, for everybody. I, I love that. That's, that's that's another level of songwriting. I've I've been doing that for a while. I remember we talked about that. 
I wasn't comfortable with that, and he's, he, he told me he wasn't comfortable with that, but, like, I've done that a few times. Uh, recently, I, I was just write something that I'm, I got a show that night, and it's like, I'm just going to get up there and try it, you know? Uh, yeah, so, like, that's, that's just another level right. that you so come does, into. So does it feel different when you're actually performing it than when you're writing it? Do you, do you tend to feel the same, like, reservation the first time you play it? Or? It's, it's usually shit. Like, it's usually, you're, you're gonna, <laughs> like, it's going it's to turn into something totally different. Yeah. But usually, I usually, usually get a good response. I'm like, tonight, that was his Absolutely. first time. Yes. And Daniel turned around and played one of his, like, new ones. Like, yeah, and we all, we all loved it, you know, yeah. so. But I guarantee you, both of those songs are going to turn into something totally different yeah. in a few months, you know. So, yeah. But there is some, there's something special about that when you just create something that's not there yet, but you, you just put it out there to to the strangers. So you guys went on your first tour recently too. How, did you do you think that changed any aspect of your process, like the way you write or you know the way you make music? We definitely earned a stripe on our on our belt, you know. Yeah. It makes Daddy. me think like you know. Here's one thing I don't want to have happen is like we. I don't want to write songs based on a, gr- a, a crowd of people that I want to entertain. You know what no I No pandering. Yeah. Right. What I want to do is I, I want to write something that makes me feel something. And I know if I feel something, somebody else is going to feel something. Eventually that group is going to grow into a crowd of people that feel something. But I don't, I don't want to go into a tour thinking like... Okay, I'm gonna start, I'm gonna like play something that's gonna like get everybody out there dancing or whatever. I know like the the emotions are what makes people dance. So if they if they if we can write some <laughs> badass songs, like people will will start feeling things. Yeah, it's gonna make the crowds grow. So like so going on tour, man, it's gonna it's gonna mean something different in the future. The first tour. You never know what to expect. Like I had no clue. You know, we, we had like slim crowds, and then we but, had great and, ones. <laughs> and then we had some some packed out rooms, yeah. and uh, it was always a, a different experience every time. And I love that about it. You know, well, and, uh, that brings me to. Uh, it makes me think of. I talked to Rich Henderson, somebody that I respect, and uh, he a couple years ago he come out. Of, he come in the Kentucky scene and just like just you know all gas and mm-hmm. no breaks, just just working, working hard. And I talked to him about that, and he said, you know, it's at this at his point. He said, it's the shows are about quality over quantity. Mm-hmm. So, I but, did pull out some songs tonight that I would not have pulled out in a group of people. But you have to earn your stripes. Like you have. It was at, very at first. It was a listening crowd. At first, it's quality or quantity over quality. But you get to you work you work hard enough, and then you get to a point where it's like, okay, I want shows kind of like this. This I want I want to get a whole tour set up with like the shows like the venue yeah. where there's a listening crowd you know right for sure it's a much different crowd in here for sure everybody's for sure. focused for on sure. the music I, I mean you come that. to my show at, in uh, Manchester it wasn't mm-hmm. bad you know it was the same yeah, yeah it was kind of the same but, it, but it was like, you know it's yeah. a sports bar but you know but it, they listen or whatever but like this you come in here there's no food it's liquor and music that's all you can do yeah. you know, so you, you, and he even said that they close the patio at eight, so that people. It yeah. makes sense. Hell it yeah. is. It's really cool. cool them. They're, they're, everything here is artist centric, and yep. I love that about this they, place. They told me that from the, like the first time I, I got a gig here, I was asking because like the, the couple shows before that, they were telling me to play more covers, and like I was just feeling you know because I'm I like to write song. That's what I'd like to do yeah. is just sing my original. And then Damon, Damon told me, he said, no, Damon's like, no, I want you to play all originals. Awesome. And yeah, it's so like, I, this, this is a, a soft spot in my heart for real. That's 
awesome. Yeah, this has been a great night for sure. Thank you guys for talking with me. Uh, this has been Lance uh, Lance Rogers and James Reed. Yeah, I'm waterlogged. I haven't had a drink yet. I have no excuse. All right, get her a drink. Yeah, but uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for talking with me. You guys are very influential. You're kind of ahead of the crowd out in what you're doing, blazing a trail for other people who are looking to do what you're doing in the future. Uh, if you could go back five years, what would you tell yourself? Yeah, think about going back five years to tell my. What would you give your former self some advice? Like, man, don't sweat this. Or, yeah. You know. Well, five years ago, I was putting my. I was. I had that drive in me. Like, I, I think I'm a songwriter. Like, I've been. I've, words torture me. I got a good internal rhyme. Like, I've been doing this like ever since I was a tot. Like, so. But I, I would go to try. I was working a job. I would go to try to do the music thing. And there's a scene. You know, everywhere has a scene where it's like they're not just gonna let you in. You have mm-hmm. to like. So I was trying to do that. I was trying to like write songs to think about what people would like, and then I would try to put my art in everybody else's hand. And finally, I tried try that for five years. I would do it and then do shows and go back to work, do shows, go back to work. And then finally it hit me. It's like, I can't keep wasting my time or any other business this time. I have to really try it with both feet in, like off, all, you know. So I would just say, uh, you know, it's going within and working on your art. Don't you, you don't put it in nobody else's hands. You don't look for a management company. You don't look for anybody that's going to make, you know. You know, you're an artist. Your you're an artist. Like we make art. Like make yeah. the make the most rare art, and that's going to stand out. Hey, you know, five five years ago, Lance Rogers. Lance Rogers, listen up. Keep going, man. Um, things you're going through right now, they're going to make sense. The shit you're going through right now is going to turn into some killer songs. That's, that's all, awesome. All I can say. <laughs> Well, uh, five years from now, I, I think we'll still be hearing from you guys for sure. Yeah, for sure. So this has been a wonderful evening. Thank you both for joining me. I really appreciate it. Lance Rogers, James Reed, like and follow their stuff. Support your local artists always. Reed often refers to what he calls the Appalachian Renaissance, and it would seem he's right. If the feeling among us, if the feeling that I got at the different shade of blue, the feeling here at the venue tonight among these artists and fans is any indication of things to come, then put on your dandelion crowns and let the music move your bare feet across the bluegrass because the renaissance, my friends, has begun. This has definitely been an evening I won't soon forget. The feeling, the atmosphere, all the individuals involved in making the venue a wonderful place to see and be seen. If you'd like to learn more about the venue, contact Damon and Hannah or check out thevenue109.com and give them a like and follow on all the social platforms. Thank you to Damon and Hannah for a wonderful evening, and thank you to our artists Clark Sexton, Daniel Kane, Lance Rogers, and James Reed for an incredible listening experience. Be sure to like and follow all these artists on their social platforms, attend their live shows, and buy their merch. Remember that A Voice in the Mountains also has merch and appreciates your support. You can find us on Teespring, where you can get t-shirts, mugs, stickers, and more. All proceeds go to the production of the podcast and to support local artists. If you would like to sponsor our program, contact me on Facebook or Instagram for more information. A Voice in the Mountains is now available where you get your podcast. Thank you for listening. I'm your host, Crystal Jones. And until next time, tune in and chill out with A Voice in the Mountains.